Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Fends them dummy half. It's with the halfback, Williams. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to SC Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Joining me tonight is uh, a bloke who, I mean, you, you talk about he's got he's got plenty right this season, but you know to do well in Supercoach, sometimes things just have to fall on your feet. Uh, for me, Blake Ferguson just ruled out, dropped by the Parramatta Eels, a player down for the all important round thirteen bye week. The Supercoach spy just happened to have Hayes Dunster his replacement sitting on the bench for him. Spy mate, you're, you're flying high, and it looks like it could could continue for you this week. Oh, boys, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was sitting at work and I thought I'd better sneak off to the lose just to check the team list at four. Scrolling down, Hayes Dunster, you beauty. I think we all knew we'd get a start in 13 ahead of Fergo, so um, <laughs> I assume everyone's got him. Nah, it's, I'm so pumped. <laughs> and, mate, uh, the team's sizzling. Yeah, I had a good week last week. I, um, I did captain Tommy Turbo for... Oh, we won't even ever talk about that game again, to be honest. But um, Cleary did something similar, so that sort of didn't end up being too detrimental. Um, well done to anyone that looped Hines in the end. It looked like it was, it was the player of the weekend, but I really thought Cleary or Turbo or both would probably get up around 150-200, but wasn't to be. But yeah, going well. Uh, Jerome Lewis is causing a little headache, but um, hopefully he'll bounce back, especially after Origin. So we'll see how we can do this week. And yeah, a few things fall my way, which is really nice. Nice, mate. Yeah, you're right in the hunt there for the overall glory there. So fingers crossed the run home strong for you, and particularly this buy period. Also joining me uh, is a bloke who writes our weekly uh, wrap-up column for us, and he's running pretty well this year, but he had a couple of the all-time howlers on the weekend. Uh, and anytime anything goes bad in Supercoach for you, just reflect on Nick Moon's story about his Supercoach weekend. Moons, how's the side going? And spin us a bit of a yarn. Uh, the side was going well till about Thursday night at seven fifty eight when uh, Brisbane Storm match kicked off. I um, <laughs> was playing silly buggers with a bloke in a head to head match and left the captaincy on Marnie. Tried to throw him a curveball and accidentally left it on Marnie until kickoff of the Parramatta match. So, in a way, it was um, it, it was a tough Saturday night. But I was going to captain Turbo regardless. So, in a way, it was actually worked out well. But I also um, also brought in Tom Eisenhuth, who lasted all but <laughs> all but fourteen minutes before he got HIA'd. So uh, for the week before bringing in Hines and Burton to bring in uh, Tom Eisenhuth this week was a tough tough pill to swallow. But 
what also happened was having uh, Josh Schuster in my team, I actually had him to start and had Matty Burton in the 5'8 role as a reserve. So once I heard Schuster was ruled out, I had nowhere to go and nothing to do. So instead of being able to sub out uh, Schuster and place, uh, replace him with a Watson or or a Bradman Best, I ended up copying the AE of our boy Burbo, Ben <laughs> Trebojevic. So, oh, my goodness. Cheeky little five there. So um, that was the week that was. Tough stuff, mate. Hey, in Burbo's defence, he could have the best points per minute in Supercoach history. He played about a minute and a half for five points, didn't he? He, he was on the field for, I think, Des brought him on for 70-odd seconds and 15 of those seconds he was back off the field getting a HIA assessment. Oh. So. Uh, as for the mighty Kuma Stallions, we had dead set on the charge. 13.73 last week into 1900th overall. So making a bit of a move there. Pressed uh, sitting pretty nicely for the first buy period despite the Fergo debacle. Uh, a few good things last week. I ended up going Junior Paulo to Brandon Smith late Thursday afternoon. Uh, sorry to all those who I tried to tip into Justin Olam, who had a bit of a stinker. I actually didn't end up going with him, so apologies for that one. Uh, but the trades are not finalised until Thursday night kicks off. Didn't loop Nico Hines, which was a bit of a bugger. Uh, so cop Nathan Cleary, stinkers by his standards. Um, but all in all, uh, we're on the up, and hopefully a few more jumps over the buy period. On today's show, we'll be tackling the origin period uh, how we're, we're lot of the three of us are lined up numbers wise for this weekend for round 17 trades wise. All that just to sort of help give you an indication maybe of where you should be at, uh, if you're better than us, worse than us. Just just a rough chat about all that sort of stuff, but it is quite an important topic. Uh, we'll be looking at the origin contingent, who will be looking to hold and sell over the period. There's a, a lot of chat around your, your turbos, your Tedescos, these sort of blokes. Uh, we'll go back to a little bit of our old format this week, being so many changes in teams and only four games this week. We'll run through each of the games, not necessarily the team changes, but we'll look at the guys in each game that we do like this week as potential trading options. Talk about our anti-pods and our pod plays, our punning plays, our trade skippers, and then take a few questions at the end. Guys, if you are interested in our SC Playbook subscription package, it's $30 or $40 for our NRL or BBL package uh, for, the full, for the full banger. Uh, that gives you access to hundreds of extra articles across the season and, of course, access to our subscriber special podcast, which ensures we answer your questions each week. Guys, let's get stuck into it, and it is the topic of the origin period and buy planning. Um, it's, it's a very important one, and basically we're just going to run through our numbers more than anything, and we'll talk about our players throughout the show. Spy, I'll start with you, mate, um, and for anyone listening, don't be disheartened listening to the Spy's numbers because he's particularly well set up, probably better than anyone I've heard of at this point, but mate, the Dunstan news helps you. How many, trades you, uh, how many players are you likely to have this week? Yeah, I've, things have fallen my way, as we spoke about before. I'm looking at 16. I mean, I've definitely got 16 playing at the moment now that Dunster's in, Spensalino's starting, Utakamanu's back, uh, and there's even a slight possibility. This would be asking for maybe a little bit much, but Tuki Simpkin, who I started the year with as well, was one of my, my non-players. Um, he's on an extended bench, so if Luciano does get suspended, he might come on and play some minutes, which would give me sort of a low-end 17. Uh, but, I mean, look, I would have been happy with sort of 14 or 15, but things have sort of fallen my way. But, yeah, looking all right at the moment, boys, there. Mate, that's better than all right. Um, sort of having a look across the traps a little bit. The teams have only just dropped, so we get a bit of an idea of how many people have. But, you know, I think if you've got anywhere from sort of 12 to 14 this week, that's pretty damn good numbers. Uh, like, Fergo is a pretty popular one this week that a lot of people held on to. So there's another one out of sides. David Clement cop two weeks for anyone who owned him. 
Um, there's a few Moses Leota hanger honorers out there. And one of the, one of those of the Leota owners was Nick Moon, Mooney. My boy Leota. I was waiting for him all <laughs> year to bust out a big 90 score in round 13. And he decided to give the NRL match review panel a bit more work for the weekend. So I've ended up with uh, 15 for this week. That's provided I make a make a trade or two. I actually had Reed Marnie, who, going through the team, which I think we'll touch on a bit later, actually been named at nine. So a bit of an indication that Harry Grant might be fit and Marnie may be playing on the weekend, which will, which will help my cause to no end. Um, possibly look at trying to move on uh, a Tedesco or someone else for possibly a Gutherson. Um, I've been looking to try to also get Papali'i into my side for what feels like about 13 weeks, so it might be the <laughs> week it happens. Uh, but, yeah, looking about 15 this week. But that does include players like Sean Bloor, who's been noted on the bench, mm. I believe. And, uh, yeah, 15 so far. Yeah, yeah. good numbers again, mate. Uh, and Sean Bloor's the big one. Luciano Leilua going to the judiciary tonight. Might uh, We might have that news by the time the podcast goes live tonight. Um I mean, yeah, if Luciano misses out, there's a huge chance Bloor starts on the edge, which could be a difference of about 60 minutes game time for him. So not owned by that many Bloor, surprisingly. I thought there might have been a few more who started with him at the start of the year, but uh, massive for anyone who does have him, including myself, uh, if Luciano loses at the judiciary. Uh, I'm looking – I just had to sort of recalculate these numbers a little bit following the, the Blakey Ferguson news. Um, I think I'm looking at about 14 or 15. I think it might be 14, um, maybe f- – 15, it might be 16 if Jake Simpkin were to sneak onto the bench for the Tigers. He's been naming the extended squad, to be honest. I don't really expect him to be in there, so unlikely. So it'll be about 15 for me this week. Uh, the important ones, by trades left, uh, how many have you saved so far? How many will you have saved by the end of this week? So I've just got what I've got left. I'm not sure how many exactly I've saved. It might be three or four, but I've got 16 in the bank heading into... Uh, the end of this weekend. So I had 17. I'm going to use one for Gutherson to get me to 16. Um, And then if we're looking forward a little bit, I plan to use eight or nine trades heading into the second buy to try bolster those numbers and set myself up with a good side for the end. Uh, And I think I'm in a reasonably fortunate position to have all going well, uh, seven or eight trades post-origin with a side I'm pretty happy with because I think they're going to be crucial. Uh, but that's what I'm looking at, boys, which has been a little bit conservative and I haven't chased anything too dramatic, as we know, by holding Pappenhausen and a few of these guys for a couple of weeks here and there. Um, hopefully set myself up. Well, that's what I'm looking at at the moment. So, mate, going to plan with, with saving those trades uh, prior to round 17, how many numbers are you looking at for round 17? I'm hopeful for nine players. So that's an indication of how tricky it'll be for the second buy. Um, and that's why I was speaking about earlier, you want to combine both rounds as a total number. Uh, if you've got a few less this weekend, maybe that means you can get a few more on the second buy. But yeah, 16 this week and nine for the second buy would give me 25 across both, which would I'd be really happy with, to be honest. I think that's really good numbers. How many do you have right now for the second buy? Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> after, you, after you yep. make your trades this week. After my trade this week, I'll just quickly count through. It's not many. So I've got Tohu. Tohu Harris, Sammy Walker, Simmonson. So I've literally got three. So don't panic too much about the second buy. I think many will be in the similar position. Um, but you can sort of – there's plenty of trades between now and then to get some sort of side together um, with also an eye on the end of season. I think the guys you want for the second buy, 
um, you want to be possibly guys that can stay on your side because you may not be able to get guys in or, or remove them after after Origin 3, depending how your side's going and trades left. That's it. And so anyone sitting there listening and panicking, thinking, oh, they, they've only got 10 or 11 for the, for the this uh, for round 13, barring those sides who have got too many nuffs there or non-active players or injured players they couldn't get rid of, there's every likelihood that you've probably got a few more for round 17 than we all do. So, you know, add them up together and see how that goes. Uh, Mooney, trade count, mate. How are you looking? Uh, I've saved a few trades throughout the year. I'd say about four. I've currently got 18 before making any trades this round. So most likely 16 by the end of this round. Um, for round 17, though, it's looking a bit dire. I think I've got uh, Joshy Schuster and probably Burbo um, as my two at the moment. But <laughs> it's a tough one for me. I'm looking as to whether or not I, I wipe out round 17 and only have you know, four or five players playing, um, cop the loss for the week and then and really focus hard on the back end of the year because I think the way the year's going with HIAs, match review panels, things like that, you're probably going to want an extra couple of trades up your sleeve or to try and get in blokes. You know, if Pappenhausen or Turbo misses two weeks, then I don't think it's worth holding for that back end of the year. So you want to have enough trades to be able to get blokes out and get them in at the back end. So mm. that's my thought. So. Yeah, we rave on about it every single week about depth this year. Uh, you're going to need it. Um, so, I mean, just on that note, all these blokes uh, who who pop into sides this week, that'll be one hit wonders that might play this week and, and drop out. In in other years, we'd call them nuffs. Who, who yeah, you know, come in, might play a game on the wing this week, won't play for the season again, uh, and they'd be pretty good options this year. I'm not going anywhere near any of them. Uh, I'm looking for depth at the back end of the year in the squad. As it stands, uh, I'm looking at. I currently have. I've saved three trades. I'll, I'll likely be using two trades this week, which will also leave me with 16. So I think we're all in the same boat there. Uh, Mooney, you might have saved one more than us. Currently, five players for round 17. If I can use sort of nine of 11 trades between round 14 and 17, uh, that'll leave me with around about 13 or 14 plays for that second buy. Again, that's all going to plan. That's every likelihood that, that that number drops down. In fact, I'll drop down already. I think it'll be more like uh, 11, and I'll tell you why in a second. Uh, and based on that, that'll leave me seven trades for the run home, so from round 18 onwards. Uh, so on to the second part of that, a question from Kane Anderson, uh, one of the greats of the Supercoach community. Kano does plenty of great work for the Supercoach community, so thank you to him for all his hard work that he does. Uh, his question is, what are your plans come round 14? Straight to round 17 players or final team guys? Obviously, combining both would be great, but guys like Fafida, Holmes, Little Pappy are big targets for mine. Spy, I mean, it's all good and well saying we'd use 11 trades between 14 and 17 to be stacked for the 17 buy in the run home. But, mate, realistically speaking, you're going to have to be getting guys who aren't going to be available, <coughs> and probably two on that list are, as Kane mentioned, Little Pappy and Fafida. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to mention. You can't just be targeting second second buy players because that's extra numbers to get them in then out. You want those players to be – you want them to basically to be keepers as much as possible. If I have a quick look at my notes here, I'm bringing in guys like Cody Walker who will play the buy barring a recall to origin, which could happen, but, I mean, well, hopefully it doesn't if you own him. Um, Alex Johnson is someone who I think is just the perfect fifth centre for the run home to pick and choose matches. We saw what he did last weekend. Cody and Luttrell's combination inside him is unbelievable. So 
don't go telling anyone that if you're listening to this. Just maybe use it for yourself because I think he's going to be a huge point of difference for the run home. Um, I'm going to try to get him in straight away. Someone like Ikevalu as well. Hasn't been scoring real, real well, but he's the kind of guy you could hopefully purchase. And when the Roosters find a bit of form and combinations on that right edge with Sammy Walker, he's a bloke that could be a nice keeper as well because he's got a really good work rate. And then you've got guys... Like you said, for Fida and Pappenhausen, as soon as they're back, I'm going to try get them. For Fida, he might play some reduced minutes after Origin 1, but the round 15, I'll be grabbing him straight back into my side. I just think you need him. Uh, he could go off and score 150 any week, which I think you need. Harry Grant's in there. If you've got a second hooker like a Watson, if his minutes don't stay up, I think he's a good time to get him in nice and cheap. Um, use him around the Origin period for the run home. So... That's a bit of – I've thrown some examples out there, but that's the way you want to be thinking for mine in that, you know, you, you can't just be getting round 17 players who might score you 50 or 60 or something in that, that weekend. I think you want to target upside guys you can keep for the run home uh, and maybe a couple of cheaper guys for round 17 to free up cash. Yeah, you look, we've got four games between round 14 and 17. With round 17, obviously, uh, the origin players will be out again. You know, so basically you're looking at – you know, someone like uh, little, little Pappy, Pappenhausen, who might score 200 in a week, uh, and then uh, a round 17 guy like Reese Walsh or Roger Tuovasa-Sheku you might target, you know, they might get 450s in that period. Pappy could do it in one game. So it's just like, I think, yeah, I'm with you, Spy. You've got to be targeting the upside. So it's not all about uh, about buy planning in round 13 and round 17. You've got to be targeting these guns. So keep an eye on that one. And just a quick note for head-to-head players, we do probably get a little bit caught up in the overall scene too much on this podcast uh, we do uh, value the importance of head-to-head as well. For particularly the rookie head-to-head players out there who, who are hearing about all this buy planning and panicking, basically it's just a different ball game for head-to-head players. Analyze your head-to-head matchup, the one that you want to win this week. Have a look at it and think, look, if you're basically no chance of winning it because you don't have enough players available, probably just save those two trades. Use them for the back end and the run home when you need them and, and cop that loss. Uh, likewise, if you set up for a comfortable win based on the team you're playing against, probably don't need to use those trades. Save them. The only time, you know, round 13 or 17 that you might need to burn a trade or potentially two if you think it's going to come down to the wire and going to be pretty tight and maybe using a trade will get you a win there. Um, if you have any more questions on that, just hit us up on our socials and we'll, we'll see if we can help out a little bit there. Guys, Quantum have jumped on board as a sponsor for the SC Playbook podcast this season. Quantum are Australia's premier data science and artificial intelligence company. If you're interested interested in a career field by game-changing analytics, break away from the pack by joining the Quantum team today. Uh, our topic two of the night, uh, again on that origin theme, but we're, there's just a lot of questions that came across our socials around guys like Jerome Luai, Tom Draboyevich, Junior Paulos, etc., uh, that are unavailable due to origin, are we holding them or are we selling them? So I'm just going to go through probably the key ones. There are obvious ones there that, you know, definitely aren't going to be leaving our teams. Um, just get your thoughts. Tell people out on if you're holding or selling. Spy, I'll start with you, mate. You're a Jerome Luai owner. He stunk it up. I think he has a five-round average of 44 points per game, three-round average of 22 or 27 or something terrible. Mate, what are you doing with Jerome Luai? Uh, is he a guy you're going to be holding now that he's lost his value or do you see him as just – is he you straight to Cody Walker for you round 14? No, for me, you've nailed it there. It's all about the value for mine. He's not worth enough to sell now. I've got someone like Adam Dewey who's going to be worth like 660 grand plus after this buy and then the Tigers have a tough five or six weeks. So I'd rather go Dewey to, Adam, uh, to Cody Walker, 
free up that cash and just sort of bank on Luai coming good. I don't have to play him every week once you get a bit of depth. Um, and Cleary is taking a lot of the ball. It's gone. It got to the point last weekend where I was almost thinking that up against up up about twenty against the Bulldogs, and I was like, Cleary, let let Luai do some kicks, mate. He's trying to get an origin spot here, and you're stealing everything. Be a brother and hook him up, and he just get he runs to the other side of the rock. He takes every kick, every ball. Uh, but I think that'll swing again at some point, and we'll see that left edge starting to fire. So I'm just going to hold on, boys. Real funny one, Luai. He, I mean, earlier in this season, we, we saw Luai outscoring Cleary often enough because just the whole game was just down that left edge because it was so dominant. Cleary would basically play first receiver and just feed Luai out the back. He'd get the try assist nine times out of ten. It's just flipped. It's just been the Cleary side the last three, four weeks. I mean, Luai, after a few controversial updates, uh, got a couple of try assists, I think. Oh, no, it might have been um, even Momorowski who got try assists off the back of Cleary, but on the weekend, it's, it's just so much of the attack is just off Cleary now. It's really changed. I'm with you, mate. I don't own Luai, but I think he's lost his value, and I still think he's going to be seriously dangerous. Penrith, you know, we know how good they are. They're undefeated this year. I'd be tempted to hold. Um, one of the big topics this week in terms of origin players and holding or selling is lots of people looking at Clint Gutherson and we've got Tom Trebojevic and James Tedesco there. Tommy Turbo, 925K. He's got a break even of 140, a 40-pointer in his three-round rolling average. Tedesco, who's up to 670K, obviously missing this week due to origin, a break even of 45, which is obviously, you know, he should be hitting that uh, all going to plan. But question marks over both of them backing up after Origin 1. Moon, I know you, we were talking off air. You're tempted to sell, I think it was Teddy of the two, um, to Gutho. But what about Turbo as well? And run us through your thoughts. Yeah, I'm looking at probably moving Tedesco on this week. Um, he, I mentioned it in my wrap-up. He's actually pegged back a bit of the cash he lost through about four weeks ago. So it, the sell now isn't as bad as what it was three weeks ago. Um, you've... I've got to think that you got most likely teams are going to have Turbo and, and Pappenhausen for the run home. So if you want to do that, you're going to look at trying to – if you get out Turbo now, it's a case of trying to get him back in. And there's two trades if you've only got 16 left, 14, you know, two of them have got to come to get Turbo. What you can do, though, is have have Turbo there once Pappenhausen comes back. If Turbo does play the Cowboys straight after Origin Friday night. Do you think he plays? You couldn't well, do it. Well, he didn't. He didn't play against Newcastle on the weekend, so he had a bye before. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's a short turnaround. It is Townsville now, Townsville, Sydney. So mm. I could take that into account, though. Surely Tommy Turbo doesn't back back up two days without like it. Particularly now that you know, if it was six weeks ago before Manly went on their run and they were coming thirteenth and in all sorts, and they needed their best players on deck. They can probably afford to give him a spell now that they're they're sitting pretty in the top eight, or are they still top eight or thereabouts anyway. Yeah, oh, they're sixth at the moment. So you know they they, they, they lose Turbo um, to his hammy two eight days after Origin one. I mean, there's your season gone, isn't it? I guess so. Uh, I guess that's correct. It's um it's a tricky one, and, and it's something that we've all got to consider. I think we've got everyone's got Turbo or Teddy or um well, I suppose Turbo and Teddy at the moment. I think you just got to really consider where you want to be in two weeks time, four weeks time, and post Origin. Um, if you're looking at head to head stuff week to week. Look, it's probably, yeah, get rid of both him and, and take the money and run. But if you're looking overall by the end of the year, I'd be looking at holding Teddy, I think, uh, to Turbo. Yeah, the issue with selling Turbo is, right, he misses this week. You've got to think he's every chance of missing that Cowboys game as well. After that, when he should be fresh after a week off, he plays the Titans and then the Dogs. 
where, you know, you probably want to be skipping in those two weeks. The Titans' defense is just horrendous, uh, and the dogs are the dogs. You need to go into detail about them. Spy, you're thinking similarly. I think you, uh, well, you can tell us in a minute, but you're looking at flipping someone to Gutho as well. The Eels have obviously the night, a massive win for Gutho owners, for those who did hold him. Dropped a little bit in price to 660K, now break even 94. Games coming up against the Knights, Tigers, Dogs, and then Panthers. Pretty nice draw up into that Panthers game. Mate, tell us about Gutho. And my issue is I see people wanting, as the, as Mooney said, probably having Pappy and Tommy Turbo for the run home, maybe to a lesser James Tedesco, who I'm pretty happy to hold on to. You're using two trades to flip Gutho in and then Pappy or whoever back after Origin. Is that a concern? It's not because the way I look at it, boys, is you can get Gutho for an extra buy number where he could go off. That's the big one. He could score 100 plus. Then it give you some extra depth for the week after Origin. If, if the fullbacks are rested, say Tommy... And um and Turbo arrested, for example, then sorry, Teddy and Turbo arrested, then you know, that extra number's gonna come in handy. With that little run, he could go ballistic for three weeks. I hope he does. And then I would flip him to Pappenhausen post Bulldogs game anyway. So if you want to get Pappy and it's one extra trade rather than two, you're gonna be moving someone to Pappenhausen anyway. So I'm happy to use that one trade to use Gutho for like a three-week period for depth and, and real upside in points. Uh, on Teddy, the, the reason I'm looking at selling Tedesco rather than Tommy is he plays the Titans the week after Origin 1. He could well get a rest there, as we know. He then has Penrith and Melbourne. How he's going to score against them with a lot of Roosters stars out of the lineup compared to the start of the year, we don't know. Then he misses the Bulldogs match, which is a dagger because we know what he could have done there. Then he could rest against the Cowboys after Origin 3. So he might only play one, two, two of the next five games, and that's Penrith and Melbourne. So that's when the draw really comes in and you go, that's why I'd get rid of Tedesco and not Travojevic, who has a much better run. Yeah. Uh, The next on the list, it seems ludicrous, but we knew it was going to come up at some point, the topic. Nathan Cleary, coming off 54 points against the Dogs, sort of took us all by surprise. $1.08 million, which is the highest anyone's ever been in Supergoats by a considerable margin. 156 break even. Set to plummet cash based on the fact that uh, the 54s in his rolling average. Probably the big issue is plays, misses out this week. I believe the Panthers play two days after Origin 1. So, again, you think he's... If uh, Ivan Clear is thinking long term, he's got to be every chance at uh, at having been rested there as well. Particularly with Matty Burton, Tyrone May, who can deputise. We know Cleary does like to back up, but seriously, there's got to be a point where you just go, "This is just unnecessary." Uh, then you obviously not play round seventeen. Um, Mooney, is there a case to sell him and, and cash in and possibly give yourself an extra gun half over the next couple of weeks? Oh, it's a t- it's a funny one. I mean, you wouldn't seriously consider getting rid of Cleary. But that, that price tag on him does open up your side to be able to, to really do whatever you want. Um, halfbacks, though, there aren't too many halfbacks getting around. Jerome Hughes, um, Hughes is probably the only other one um, that you'd probably have a look at. The thing, too, that we just mentioned is the two-day backup after Origin for the Panthers. The following week, they actually take on the Roosters and then the Eels leading into Origin. Oh, it'll be the week, the buy round, won't it? So... It's a tough run for Cleary, and if he starts bleeding a bit of cash, if you did get rid of him now at, say, $1.08 million, 
in a couple of weeks' time is you back down at 800 and you've you've cashed in 200k to to sort of set your side up for the back end. I know I won't be doing it, but there'll be people out there that will. I think I had a look. There's already 600 trade outs for Nathan Cleary, yeah. so there's people out there that are doing it and they're they're taking the cash and running. Well, I mean, Spy, you can you could go him to someone like Matty Burton for 600k straight up. Burton, who has a break even of what do we got here? Negative 13. We know Cleary's is high. The issue is the two trades. So anyone who hasn't saved trades or has saved one, maybe two trades, don't even think about it. You don't have the trades to do it. Um, but, you know, for people who have saved three or four, mate, do you see it as viable? Look, maybe short term. Um, I wouldn't want to waste two trades this year, though. And if for whatever reason things come up and you can't get Cleary back, say next weekend, and then he backs up and scores 170, 180 again, you're so far behind the eight ball and he won't even lose any money. So I just think he's 1.1 million for a reason. You'd want to be, if you're desperate for cash or something like that, maybe, but uh, I'd just, just hold him, honestly, just hold him. A guy uh, breaking podcast news, which is not really breaking because it's not live anyway, but uh, Reid Marnie, who we were going to get to later. Uh, I just assumed he was in the Queensland squad and would be unavailable this weekend, but Parra named him at nine this week, which sort of took caught me by a little bit of surprise there. He's 19th man for the Eels, so Harry Grant's set to start for the Maroons. Uh, Marnie has been released, so he – I mean – he was probably my number one buy target this week, which I'd sort of written off initially because I thought he was in origin camp. Looks like he'll be available now. Uh, massive for super coach. We'll get to him a little bit later when we, we do go through the teams, but uh, Junior Paulo, he's playing origin. Uh, I think he's a sell despite being not a lot of value. Payne Haas, I mean, I just think he's a lock in, in the front row forward. He's not what he's been in past years, but I think you've got to hold him going forward. Spy, Kurt Capewell, Christian Welch. I think you've owned both of them at periods. You might have be just about to get rid of Christian Welch. Are they players that you'd potentially hold on to or, you know, missing games, they've just got to go? They've, they're potential holds if you if you need to and you've got numbers and all the rest. I don't hate it, but just be prepared to have some matches, especially over the next sort of four or five NRL rounds where they might not play big minutes. I mean, if Melbourne and uh, Penrith are, are cruising, are they really going to uh, burn them into the ground? Probably not. So I could see Christian Welch potentially playing sort of 30, 40-minute matches at times, which would concern me. And the same with Capewell. Is he going to keep 80 minutes? I don't think so. I think they're sells, but... They're not absolute must-sells if, you, if you've got the option to hold. But, yeah, so, sells for me, lads. Yeah, again, I mean, post-Origin 1, capable in the same boat. Helps now that Liam Martin's playing Origin, but Liam Martin probably doesn't play big minutes for the Blues anyway. So I see him starting over Capewell round 14. So I think Capewell's a sell. Uh, Welch, Welch is a funny one because he, he's been pretty damn solid this year, Mooney. What do you reckon? I've been a Welch owner for, from day one. However, I did get rid of him last week when he was ruled out with that knee injury. I think if you were to get rid of him, I think the time was last week to actually cash in on him, cash in on him, have that extra player for last week. Um, obviously, he's not going to play this week. I think he, front row forward's been pretty weak this year. We saw sort of Saifidi go off last week against Manly, but it hasn't been a, a position that's sort of had a those real big scores or really big solid seventies, seventies and eighties. So, I think. Personally, I think the time was to get rid of him was last week. And if you haven't by now, I think he's probably a hold now because he's a good, solid front row that'll get you home um, for the for the rest of the year. The offloads like anything, so he's he's a pretty good hold for me. Yeah, nice, mate. Uh, let's jump into the teams. We won't go through the every bit of news because we'll be here for three days talking about it. 
But we'll start with the Dragons and Broncos, Thursday, 7.50pm at Jubilee Stadium in Sydney. Uh, at the Dragons, Spy, not a lot of interest there, to be honest, mate. I, I think we'll, 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 there's a couple to chat about, and the big one there is Ben Hunt. For people looking to move on, Sammy Walker, who was a late scratching last week. Uh, 83 against the Tigers on the weekend, missed origin selection. Um, you know, he's, he's going pretty good. He's averaging 65 this season. The Jags have a run coming up against the Broncos, Dogs, Raiders, Warriors, Seagulls, Titans, 3% ownership. Mate, is, is he viable this week? Yeah, I don't mind it. Um, if you want to have a crack at Benny Hunt, he's got potential. He's reasonably consistent normally. He's got a little bit of a base there. Um, the other one I'd mention, boys, I'm not sure if you're going to bring him up, but is Matty Dufty's back in the side. With that sort of run and his scoring potential, he, he could have an upside pod play there. Um, but there is a bit of war, bit of talk. They don't really want him at the club much longer than this year, so does he hold his spot? I'm not sure, but one to, one to monitor or have a crack if you're feeling bold. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the other one, Jackson Ford, uh, I don't like it, but he's 365K, a uh, very, very low, a break-even of seven, coming off scores of 67 and 60 in 60 minutes per game each week. I think he's starting at lock this week for the Dragons. Average 55 base across those two games. I mean, that was with Tarek Sims there. Sims is out this week, so there should be big minutes in. Yeah, again, I, I think it's probably too much risk playing in, in a questionable side. Um, and then another guy who very well may impact that is Jack DeBellin, who's back on deck after a, a pretty busy couple of years for Debs. Uh, Mooney, Debs. I just noticed he was named in the 17 jumper. Um, obviously, you wouldn't be going to rushing in to get him into your side this week, but God, if you if you want to keep an eye on him over the next mm. three to four weeks and he, and he starts scoring well and gets put in that back row spot, I see this week, they've obviously, Tarek Sims playing Origin, Jack Bird's in the back row. Um, he'll be playing He'll be playing lock in the next two weeks, you'd have to think, mm. and, and he's probably got a bit of time to catch up on. So I'm tipping him. He'll probably score well, pretty well, if he can um, maintain 80 minutes and, and maintain his fitness. Yeah, interesting one to monitor over the next few, few weeks. Uh, over at the Broncos... A few interesting cases there. Keenan Palazia, again, apologies for that pronunciation. I've got to sort that out off air. But he was a guy I had pegged it to come into my team this week, despite the fact that I rave on about uh, having guys with good job security going forward for the rest of the season, and I want them back end of the year. He doesn't didn't quite tick that box. However, he's been named on the bench. Alex Glenn named to return in the back row alongside Tavita Pangai Jr., so... Glenn, uh, I I just think there's red flags over Palazia now, despite being 187k negative 51 break even. Jordan Ricky's also 18th man, so I just don't know what's happening there. Moon, any interest in him for you, or there's just a lot of red flags? Yeah, too many red flags. I think I've got a few Brisbane players in my side at the moment, and despite um despite that, they're not going that great. So. I think, I mean, TPJ's there this week. I'm a Matt Lodge owner, um, so I'm, I'm pretty happy he's back. Obviously, he had a suspension last week. There's no one else there that's really jumping out at me. I, I noticed uh, Milford's been dropped for Tyson Gamble. Mm. He's back. Um, and Selwyn Cobbo doesn't even have a picture on the NRL <laughs> on the NRL page, so um, he's a new name that we haven't seen before. Yeah, good but, news for Tyson Gamble. They'd be very thrilled to get him back in there for his seven points this week, so look out from Tyson Gamble. Gamble. Spy. Oh, what a sledge. <laughs> Spy. <laughs> yeah, mate, anyone for you there? And I mean, yeah, well, basically anyone at the Broncos. I mean, TPJ is the big one, isn't he? I, I think he, he's, he's probably one you've got to have in now that he's definitely available and missed any origin selection. Yeah, he's a good buyer because he fits the bill of both playing the buy period and 
also I think he's a season long keeper providing he stays you know healthy or not suspended which is always an if with TPJ but he's in my side and happy with that for sure um just a quick shout out to TC Rabati last week he's an absolute weapon he's on the bench so he does he's not a buy unfortunately but gee looks good wonder monitor and yeah Palacia um I would have liked to purchase him this week um, at bottom dollar if he was starting. But as you said, on the bench there with Ricky at 18th, man, you just don't really know. So, look, if it gets to game day and he's starting in the back row for whatever reason, I'd probably have a little punt on him maybe with the trades of save. But outside of that, boys, I think it's all um, not too much ride home about maybe Jermaine Asako as well. Uh, if you want to have a punt on him, he's playing some pretty good footy. Yep. Tigers, Panthers, Friday, 7.55 p.m. at Leichhardt Oval. Sydney, oh, what a venue. Uh, at the Tigers, I mean, serious supercoach business going on there. Um, Jake Simpkin, for one, for many who who held on to him, myself included, missed the 17, unfortunately. Might come in onto the bench come game day, but don't get your hopes up. Jacob Little starts at nine. Uh, we mentioned Lucio Arno Leilua at the judiciary tonight. Uh, Stefano Udakamana, who plenty of people held on the bench this week, so hopefully he can jag us 30 or 40 points before being moved on uh, at the end of this week. Spy, the Tigers have a run against the Eels, Storm, Panthers, Eels, Storm, and then Rabbitohs, followed by the round 17 by. For that reason alone, mate, I'm not really interested by anyone there aside from David, maybe David Nofaluma, who, you know, has proven pretty match-up proof in the past. But again, you still probably don't really want to play him after this week for the three weeks following. So <coughs> anyone at the Tigers who interests you, I know you've got Adam Dewey. If you did not own Dewey, would you be jumping on him or, yeah? No, I wouldn't. Um, not with that run coming up. They're playing a pretty solid Penrith outfit this weekend, despite all the outs. Uh, Dane Laurie, I still think, is going to get better and better as the year goes on, but has only really put away Saints for tons. So it be interesting to see how he goes. But as you said, I think the Tigers become buyers from about round 18 onwards. I was having a look. They got a really nice run home, which would be encouraging for Tigers fans out there. But a tough month. Um, I think unless you already own these guys, there's not really much point getting on them this week. Uh, outside of Nofaluma, who has such a good base generally that opposition doesn't always matter for him too much. So maybe Nofa would would be my, my purchase of the week from the Tigers if you're going to grab anyone. Yeah, agreed, mate. Uh, Stefano's a sell next week anyway. Sean Bloor, even if he does come in and start and look tempting, uh, he's got auto-emergency nightmare written over him for the rest of the season. Mooney, anything to add at the Tigers? Does anyone take your fancy? No, not there. Um, as, as the spy said, I think Dewey's um, – if you've got him in your side, great, but it's a tough run moving forward. Not for Luma, I'd be moving on if you didn't have him already. I think we said the same thing last year. The Tigers had a pretty horror run for the back end of the year, and I think Nofa's stats just backed up in, in – Base stats are as good as any, so there's no one there at the Tigers. I'm, I'm a Sean Bloor owner, so I'll be excited to see him hopefully play a few more minutes. Than, um. Yeah. Uh, at the Panthers, uh, obviously plenty going on there with all their origin selections. Matty Burton still remains a strong buy at 480k, negative 13 break even. Myself and Moon are both owners already. Spy, dual halfback 5'8", set to make money. Interest for you or no? Yeah, I like him as a buy for this round and for the season. Um, we know how good he is as a player. If anyone ever gets hurt as well, he'll slot straight into the halves there. But I quite like him. I'm personally going to hold Sam Walker just for his upside. Um, I hope he can come back freshened after a couple of weeks off uh, and really kill it and also plays the second buy, Walker. But I'll tell you what, if he, if for some reason Walker's not named next weekend, 
um, still being rested or, or or the like, and Cleary doesn't play, I'll be in a bit of a hole there. So <laughs> Burton would come in handy then. But yeah, it's something I'll consider leading up to the weekend. I've got that extra trade up my sleeve. Burton's a one one to look at, I think. Um, do I do it? I'm not sure. But yeah, he's certainly a good buy if you want him. Burton will be goal kicking this week, I'd say too, with um, with Cleary. Maybe Crichton, I think. Yeah, I know Crichton, Crichton. Moons will normally take it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get your hopes up too much. The one thing I would (laughs) say on Burton, I think money pending is a lot cheaper than Jerome Hughes, but I just think if you're bringing in a reserve halfback and you're getting rid of Walker or whoever it may be, I think you're probably holding them for the rest of the season. I mean, if you're bringing them in at halfback anyway, so you've got to maybe look at the long term a little bit more. And, you know, plenty can change, but... I'm thinking long-term, Burton back to centre in a stacked Panthers outfit, that left side not getting as much ball as they had in, in previous weeks, although Burton did score a hatchet two weeks ago, so that doesn't really add up. But I just think Jerome Hughes in that storm side, playing such a pivotal role, probably outscores him long-term. So I'd prefer be going Hughes because I think he's definitely a hold for the season, whereas Burton, you might see yourself trading him at some point. So you might be saving a trade there as well. If you can afford it and you're selling Sammy Walker, Hughes is the man for me. Uh, Mooney, anything to add at the Panthers for you? The other thing is Spencer Lenu. Uh, we've, a lot of people held on. We're pretty patient with him. Gets a start this week due to just the stacks of Penrith forwards out this week. No, nothing more to add. Obviously, um, Ch- Charlie Staines is, is a real good play this week. He's, he's scoring points in the last few weeks. James Fisher-Harris is another one that's sort of been banging out pretty good scores the last few weeks. So if you've got a player there that from the um, other sides that aren't playing, maybe moving on James Fisher-Harris, you probably want to lead from the lead from the front with the, um, the amount of blokes missing this week. Yeah, that's it. Fisher-Harris, you know you're going to get with him. Very reliable. Uh, Viliami Kikau, a lot of people jumped on him last week, reward them with 37 points. Um, I, he's just a myth. He's not getting the minutes at Penrith with their back row. Yeah, he might get a few more minutes this week and then potentially next week, uh, well, sorry, round 14 as well with Capewell backing up along with Liam Martin. But it was his fifth score under 40 this season. Um, that was in 69 minutes as well against the Dogs. So, you know, he's 393K, but he just... He hasn't been super coach relevant for a while, Viliami. Even in bigger minutes, he's sort of his PPM um, goes to the shear a little bit. So not really keen on him there. Moving on to the Storm and Titans, Saturday, 7.35 p.m., Sunshine Coast Stadium. I mean, I suppose we've asked this about six weeks in a row. Spy, surely the boat has sailed on Nico Hines at 877k, <laughs> or would you would you pay up that much for him? Crikey. <laughs> if, you, if you didn't get in the last three weeks, I don't know why you'd suddenly decide to now. Yeah. Um, and look, Pappy could be back next match. That's, what, two weeks away still. I was going to say it's too late, except he might score 150 again and you could skipper him. So He could score 30 as well. If you can... Yeah, against the Titans, looking at that side, I think he'll score yeah. well again. But look, if, if you wanted to grab him, you could do it. Just be aware that you'd go Hines in and then you go to Papahausen after that. Um, so if you wanted Pappy anyway, it's only one extra trade. I don't hate it. Uh, it's a lot to fork out though. So hopefully if you've got the cash there to do it, go for gold for the week. But um, yeah, it's a lot to pay and you've missed all the good stuff already. Moon, I was a very relieved new owner of Brandon Smith on the weekend to see him carve up the Broncos. It just looked absolutely lethal in the process. Uh, obviously, I mean, not that it affects him too much because he plays his sort of, 
60 to 70 minutes anyway, Brandon Smith, with Harry Grant out. But obviously, Harry Grant should be right for origin. But backing up from that might play a few reduced minutes. Harry Grant might even get rested coming off that. I think it was a hamstring injury. has got to be a concern. Um, still very affordable, uh, Brandon Smith. 583K, negative one break even. Dual second row forward hooker. Is uh, he on your radar this week? Oh, massively. I think um, watching him last week, he sort of popped up out of the blue as a as a really good buy plan that, that really passed my mind. I didn't really consider him mm. as having Marnie and Watson there. But, I mean, even with Grant sort of hovering around origin, if he does come back, yeah, it's reduced minutes. I mean, they, they've been pretty keen playing Brandon Smith a lock. So, I mean, he loves running the ball. He's scoring well. I, I really like the play. Really mm. like it. Yep. Uh, over, oh, just quickly before we move on to the Titans, Spy, we touched on him a little bit, Jerome Hughes, well, I did more so, but as a Sam Walker owner, you must be semi-tempted by Jerome Hughes there as, as a pretty massive pod. I'm super tempted. Um, the only reason I'm not getting him in this week is because I've done the numbers, and if I go Walker to Jerome Hughes, that will make it very difficult for me to get for me to get Fafita, Pappenhausen, and Harry Grant uh, in that order um, over the next month, and I don't want to fall short for one of those guys, so I'm going to bank, bank back Sammy to to recharge after his break. But yeah, um, if I could afford it, I'd get I'd get Hughes 100. percent Nice mate. Yeah, I, I went Boyd uh, Boyd Burton last week, but I, I think Jerome Hughes is an awesome trade in this week, and I kind of wish I, I might would have held off a little bit more, been a little bit more patient, but uh, serious target there. At the times, not a lot of lot to speak of. I think we can basically speak about one bloke here and then move on. Uh, although the son of Preston Campbell, I believe it is, Jaden Campbell getting his debut. Awesome stuff there. I believe he's a little fella with a lot of pace. Who would have guessed that one? Um, Mooney, Brian Kelly, he just promises so much, delivers so little. Awesome in actual NRL, but super coach wise he just, while he looks to tick a lot of boxes, 36 against the, the Sharks with a try. What's what's doing there? He's just not really an option, is he? No, not not at this stage. I think there's a lot better um, centre wings out there. Someone like Bradman Best and, and even um, even a Jack Bird, their base stats are a lot better than, than Brian Kelly's. I know they got touched up on the weekend by the Sharks, but as you said, he scored a try. So I think take that try was off a kick. I don't think he was given mm-hmm. line break. So it's still only 20-odd points. I don't think you can hold him. Once Fafita comes back, a lot of that stuff's just going to run off him. So... I don't see Brian Kelly being any um, any use of picking up at this stage anyway. Yep. Uh, I mean, I know Spy's been keen on him, but can't see him making a case for him there. Uh, and then on top of that, the Titans have a run of games against the Storm, Roosters, Seagulls, Raiders. That'll be a tough one for them. By and then the Eels. So uh, just, you know, hard to, get on, hard to get on any Titans there. Uh, Knights versus Eels, Sunday, 4.05 p.m. McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle, the rejuvenated Knights. Uh, towed up Moons Manly, and uh, not one of the toughest ones there, but good from them. Hey, a guy I spoke about a lot earlier in the season that I was really keen on, went off the boil a little bit, back from injury last week. Mooney just touched on him. It is Bradman Best. 62 points, made up of 22 tackles, 15 runs, two offloads, three tackle busts. He has based 45 or above three times this season, averaging 37 in base, 430K, uh, injury has been a concern this season and in the past. Spy, he's on my radar this week. Bloody oath on mine as well. Um, again, it's one of them late week guys where I'll get into a Wednesday night, have a little bit of a lurk around the Supercoach site. 
stumble across Badman Best and decide whether he joins my side or not. But, gee, he looked really good last week. Um, strong, he was looking to offload. He'll bust a few tackles and his work rate's good. So, yeah, one to consider. The positive with Bradman Best is his work rate's up and, and he still hasn't got really anyone feeding him really getting any good ball. Yeah. We've still got Ponga to come back. Mitchell Pierce, I don't yeah. think, would be too far away. No, nah, it couldn't be far. Couldn't be far away. Huge, so huge. It's a big in if, if you can hold, hold him. I reckon he's got some massive scores ahead. He has one try and two try assists this season. That was it. They came all in the first two rounds. He's averaging 56 per game. I mean, and then get a load of this. So the Knights run home. This is a big one in particular for head-to-head players, but their last five games of the season are against the Broncos, Sharks, Dogs, Titans, and Broncos. So for head-to-head, to have him as your sort of fifth, sixth center wing to play based on matchup, you'd probably play him, again, a lot can change. We keep saying it, but you'd nearly play him all five of those weeks. So... At that price, I'm a big chance of getting Bradman the best this week. Um, don't be shocked to see – so Connor Watson played 80 minutes last week uh, at 5'8", killed it in NRL, killed it in Supercoach. I mean, who didn't see that coming, seriously? I mean, a bit, we know how good he is, gets his minutes. Mooney, I know you didn't play him in your 17, but for good reason because of the question over minutes. Seriously. Oh, he, he's just a footballer. I think it's the best way to describe mm. him. He's in everything. He wants the footy. He's – Pokes his nose through tackles. Uh, obviously, when he started, was named on the bench. I didn't end up playing him. But when he came on at 5'8", he sort of demanded the footy, obviously with Tex Hoy and, and Crossland and Braley, just a bit of an experience there. I mean, Watson's been around a long long time. He's been with the Chooks. So having him in your side this week's a, a blessing, that's for sure. I hope uh, for Connor – well, I don't hope for Connor Watson's sake because I don't own him. But um, for owners of Connor Watson, I hope that – I can see Jake Clifford maybe coming into the side in the halves, Connor Watson going back to lock, Mitch Barnett going to the edge, Brody Jones to the bench. But maybe Watson was too good last week and Adam O'Brien's gone, you know what, this boy needs to be playing 80 minutes for my team. And I hope for the night's sake that that is the case because I think it makes sense. Clifford is in the reserve, so don't be shocked to see that happen. Uh, last team to wrap up, we've spoken about a lot of them already, but they are one of the more Supercoach-relevant sides. Spy, it is the Parramatta Eels. We've spoken plenty about King Gutho already. Uh, cheering anyone who held on to him, and he looks like a pretty good trade-in this week. Mike Asiva at 5.12K. Para have a pretty nice draw coming up. Isaiah Papali'i, <coughs> still expensive at 700K, but I think you've just got to get him in as dual front row, second row. Spy Ryan Madison, 5.40K, uh, break-even of 110. A couple of crook weeks by his standards in limited minutes. <coughs> still on your radar this week? It's actually not. I'm going to brush him with the head knock history. Um, he's attack seemingly down at the moment and his minutes in question. Uh, I've already gone to Tohu last week and I'm happy I've done that. So I'd rather – that's a classic case of going, maybe you don't need Madison and maybe you get a second-week buy player instead who you can lock into your side long-term. I think Tohu's the kind of bloke, for example, that can just see out the season and be that rock-solid guy, whereas Madison's just got those question marks at the moment. And if he gets back to his best, you can always look at him. But, yeah, I'm just a little bit worried about him at the moment. Yeah. I think antipod play for sure, Ryan Madison. Not big knocks on him, but the knock is that, you know, he gets knocked about. And I just – I'm not convinced he, he won't miss a stretch of games again at some point this season. I really hope he's safe. He doesn't. Owned by 68% of the top 100, 69% of the top 1,000. Way bigger numbers than I thought. So I think it's a great chance to antipod Ryan Madison – Reed Marnie, now that he looks to be playing uh, 464K, break even 66, I'll be looking at going Jake Simpkin to him this week. Uh, Spy, we're about to lose you, mate, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll brush past the punting place now 
And we'll move on to our trades and skippers for the week. Mate, what are you doing? I'll give you a quick recap of what I've got written down for all three of those. Punding plays, uh, Knights to win. That's all I have. They're 350 or something. Get on them. Easy $35 there. Yep. Antipod of the week, I think, is Adam Dewey. I think it's a danger to grab him. Uh, we spoke about that earlier uh, with that draw coming up. I think I already own him, so I'm happy, but I wouldn't be buying him now. And the pod plays someone like um, maybe going early on someone like Suwali if you don't own him yet. Then you've got that trade locked in heading into next week when there's going to be some really good options, I think. Uh, trades this week will be Tedesco to Clint Gutherson. Um, and then you know what? I think I may go Bailey Simonson to Bradman Best and then I can just nuff out Charlie Staines in the next week or two. Mm. I think that could be my, my two. I really like the look of Bradman, yeah. uh, especially with Ponga coming back. Uh, Vice-captain will be Nico Hines, hoping to use him as my skipper, but got um, King Gutho there on the sad day, on the Sunday Arbo if he doesn't go well. Uh, I could obviously look at Prince Hayes Dunster, but I think the King at this stage is the man. So that's a quick recap, boys. I've got to scoot off, but thanks for that, and um, we'll talk again soon. Nice, bye. See you, mate. See you, bye. Um, and, oh, yeah, as he touched on there, again, for any sort of novice supercoach players out there, uh, VC loophole this week. You have to use it. You get a free crack at two captains, basically, unless there's some psychopath out there with 25 players in their team, in their squad, active players. Uh, you get two cracks at captain, so make sure you put that one into play. Uh, where are we up to after the Spies? little uh, quick recap. Pods and anti-pod players. Moons, I've already spoken about mine. My, my pod player of the week is Bradman Best at, at pretty low ownership still, and my anti-pod player was Ryan Madison, who we chatted about. What did you come up with? Um, yeah, I guess the, the any pod play for the week, I suppose, would be someone like Reed Marnie, who who's now named in the side. If you don't already have him, um, any pod play, geez, I, th- I think it's probably getting rid of one of the the big three in Turbo Teddy or yeah. or Cleary, freeing up a whole stack of cash for you to to really move on whoever you want. So it's a, it's a tough tough anti pod play, but you know you free up a fair fair whack of cash in the in the in the same time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, on just quickly on that fullback topic, I don't know who I'll be doing, but I'll be looking at. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking I'd be going Nico Hines to, to Ryan Pappenhaus and post sort of round thirteen, but you know, Tedesco or Trebojevic has to go as well to accommodate that with Nico Hines. I've got him at centre wing like we all do, so you know, someone's got to go, don't they, for Pappy? And it's far out. Tough, some tough decisions to make, and I'm too scared to make them at the moment. So I'm going to wait. If, if you really want to make a bold play. I think he's going to be missing a week, but geez, Reese Rolsch over the next few weeks. Yeah. Someone no one's really touched on, but it's a massive pod play. It is. He's scoring it, well. His ownership would be so minuscule, yeah. but anyway, worth worth having a look at. Uh, on to our top sport punting plays of the week. Quick recap of last week. Won't take long. No good. Uh, a few of the boys jumped onto the Panthers and and to like absolutely dust up the, the dogs with that 37 or 38-point line. That did not happen, so... Uh, no good on the punting plays last week. Quick look at the leaderboard. I'm up $33.50. Desi's up $19. The Spy's up $7.50 and declining rapidly. So stay away from the Spy. If you do want to follow our tips, all markets and odds are taken exclusively from Top Sport. If joining, use the code SC Playbook. 18 plus only. Gamble responsibly. Mate, Moon, what do you got for us this week? No wonder Top Sport jumped on board there. Um, that you blokes haven't made much difference to their bottom line, mate. The mate, it, it's hard work doing these tips of a Tuesday afternoon when the markets just come out. 
Follow follow our Friday afternoon punting previews, and we're up about one hundred and fifty percent on that. So that's the big one. Yeah, they've done it. They've done um, top sport out of about sixty dollars for the year so far. So. <laughs> Um, for this week, I've gone um, a couple of try scorers. I, I think I'm going to go Jack Bird anytime playing in the back row. Um, and I've got uh, Matt Burton as an owner to score two or more tries when they take the um, take on the Panthers. And then I'll take. Matty Burton taking on the Panthers. That'd be uh, a t- tough contest. Yeah. <laughs> taking on the Tigers and the other the other big cat. Um, <laughs> Titans and Knights to cover the line, which I think gets you about 60 to 70 odd dollars a one. So having not played this for too much, I'm, I'm looking to. Looking to jump the leaderboard. Yeah, if you if you can nail that, you'll be you'll be get a sponsor from Top Sport yourself, mate. That's huge. Either that or you put them out of business, but that'd have to assume that someone's followed your tips. So I think they're pretty safe on that one. I'll go anytime try scorers, Matt Dufty and Matty Burton, which will pay about four dollars ish and extend my lead to top the leaderboard at SC Playbook punting plays. Moons, you're around thirteen trades and skippers. Trades and skippers this week. I think I think I've talked about it a bit. I think I will go to Gutho. It's it's more of a um, smart decision. It's not a it's one that plays with your head. I don't like Parramatta at the best of times, and I th- I think Gutho is just the wish version of Tommy Trebojevic. But <laughs> I think he's got a pretty good run, so I'll be jumping on for the next few weeks. So Teddy out, Teddy out, Teddy out, Gutho in. Surely the the two hundred and fifty k difference between Teddy and Trebojevic, Te- Teddy with a low break even, Trebojevic with a massive one, and Turbo unlikely for round fourteen. I know the Roosters have the harder run, but you know there's a few uh, stars aligning there that you know would sway me towards selling turbo. Yeah, but you're not a manly tragic like myself. <laughs> that's, so, yeah, that's and, true. and I, as a as a as a massive fan, it's hard to watch your your team go well and turbo tear up and, and yeah. not have him in your side. So I'm better off copping the low scores and letting Manly do their thing. I don't know if I'm going to make another trade. I'm going to say I was looking at Reed Marnie, but now he's in. Um, it sort of puts me to 15 players and. I really got to start looking at the back end and, and round seventeen. So, at this stage, Gutho for Teddy. Other blokes I'm probably going to have a look at in the next couple of weeks is someone like a Cody Walker or, mm. um, actually Cody was the one. He he's got a fairly good run for the crazy for, run, so, yeah. So, and, and that's with obviously Origin not being picked for Origin. I think he'll be licking his lips to get back and play some good footy. So, yeah. What about your skippers, mate? Skipper this week. I think I'm going VC on um, Burden because he's going to score two tries according to Top Sport Plus. VC <laughs> Burton and um, I'm going to captain um, my boy Nico Hines. Yeah, like it, mate. I think my skipper plays are the same at this stage. Burton VC Hines C. A uh, few spanners in the works with trades as a result of the the Marnie news, but at this stage it'll probably be Simpkin to Marnie uh, pending Simpkin maybe sneaking into that team. But even if it's off the bench, it's probably only about 15, 20 points in it for him anyway. And then either Saab or Simonson to best. I think probably to fund the Simpkin to Marnie, I'll probably have to do maybe Saab to best. Um, I know Manly have a nice draw after Origin, but again, Tommy Turbo missing a few weeks. He'll obviously miss 17 as well. I'm not sure how Manly go without Tommy Turbo there, including Jason Saab. So best and Marnie for me at this stage. But again, look, plenty can change between now and Thursday, especially with this week's teams. Let's jump into a few questions, Moon, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, what have we got here? Oh, a really good one from, from Charge. You can probably address this on the spot now. This was a Twitter question, but he says, a relative novice like me needs to know whether I'll be able to use players with a buy this round to execute a VC loop or will they be locked out from the beginning of the round? 
Now, I say this not hesitantly because the only reason I'd be wrong is if the rules have changed, but this is going to crop up all weekend in Supercoach. But in the past, the buy, um, to my knowledge, is if you're on the buy, you won't lock out until the start of the last game of the round, which will be Sunday afternoon at, at what, 4 o'clock or something. So, look, I mean, if you've got someone in whoever the last game of the round is at Parramatta and the Knights and, and you can use them as it, and they're playing Origin, just do that to be safe. But uh, to my knowledge, and I'm sure the comments will reflect this if I'm wrong very quickly, but, yeah, uh, the, the the people on the buy, so they're players from the Warriors, the Raiders, Manly, et cetera, uh, you can use them for your VC loop and you can do it later in the round because they don't lock out. Question from Benny Brock. Mooney, he has, he's looking for a halfback. <laughs> Brown, Hunt. SJ or Walker? I, um, so if 5'8 as well, so he must be talking Cody Walker because he wouldn't be Sam Walker. Um, of those four, who would you go? Dylan Brown, tell we haven't spoken about too much. Yeah, back from back from suspension this week. Jeez, um, oh, SJ's a pretty good pod player. We saw last mm. year how well he was um, directing traffic for the Sharks. I don't know what his cost is, but if you look, Walker, I thought, would be, um, would be Sam Walker. Possibly. Well, he's got SJ in there as well, so he'd yeah. be talking around 17. So yeah. Yeah, maybe it is Cody. And he, he's got – Dylan Brown's also 5'8 only, so it'd, it'd be 5'8 or half. Yeah. SJ. Mate, I'd – if I was trading a half this week who I wanted playing 13, I, I'd, it'd be Jerome Hughes. And then – but my you know my probably play would be to wait till next week, and I think Cody Walker, the Bunnies have an unbelievable run, and they're starting to hit their straps, as we saw against the Eels with players back on deck. Um, question from John. Mate, I answered this earlier, but uh, you didn't. John asked, do you fellas consider TPJ a keeper? He says he's a head-to-head player who's burned every trade bar one, so debating whether or not I use another two trades to bring him in. We'll be selling current if so. Firstly, Moon, is he a keeper, and would you use two trades to bring him in this week? Yeah, I think TPJ is a, he's a massive keeper for the back end of the year. He's shown he's back to his 80-minute best and even base stats. And I keep saying he's been on his best behaviour too. We're probably only a week or two away from seeing him spend some time on the sidelines, but he scores tries. I think he's definite keeper for the back end of the year. If you've still got Curran, oh, moving him on to him, I think it's probably the play. Yeah, well, I'm with you. I think TPJ's a keeper, but, mate, you're a head-to-head player. You haven't tried, you've saved one trade this season. Matt, you need to be saving trades, and this is the week to do it. So he's not a keeper in the sense that you need to get him in your team like you would maybe a firing Tom Trebojevic or Ryan Pappenhausen. So save those trades. Um, you, you need them for the back end of the year. Head-to-head finals, if you're out of trades, you are in all sorts. Um, question from Rod Solomon, Rocket Rod. Luai for Corey Norman as a short-term, short-term play. For, plays rounds from round thirteen. He plays the Broncos, Bulldogs, Raiders, then the Warriors before the round seventeen buy. Kicks goals as well. Could get to five fifty k before offloading to a premium five eight for the run home. Mooney Corey Norman again. That probably for good reason we haven't spoken about him, but he did come up on the weekend, mate. Uh, what's he got? Averaging fifty two, break even of eight. Any interest in Corey Norman? As he's definitely a super pod. I think Rod's answered his own question here. By um, outlining who they play, he kicks goals, five fifty k before offloading. The, the worry is, it's a um, you've got to then go watch Corey Norman play football, and it's a bit of a tough <laughs> watch. And when he doesn't go well, you, it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty somber somber afternoon. Mm. It, it's a tough one. I think Luai, 
it does have that tough run, I'll be looking at Cody Walker for 13 to 16 at least. Yeah, definitely not for me. He's played 11 games this year, seven scores under 50, including two 20s in there. Um, if you really wanted a, a sort of a half in there, I'd, I'd probably go towards Ben Hunt instead or of him. Burton. Yeah, or, or Burton. I just, I, Corey Norman, too hot or cold, and the hot is very, very few and far between. So I think you can you probably avoid that one. Uh, question from Reno Kawana. I wonder if he's related to Marvin Kawana. What do you reckon Marvin Kawana's doing these days? Who's Marvin Kawana? Uh, Ex-Knight's great. Was it Mar- oh, Marvin Caruana? You've lost me there. Anyway, there'll be some Knights fan out there who knows what I'm talking about. Uh, mate, he wants to know, hold or sell of the following? Munster, Schuster, Sam Walker. If you had them three in your side, what would you be doing? Um, oh, I think Munster's probably a sell. He probably was a couple of weeks ago. Um, Schuster's probably a hold until at least... Now I think there's some probably more pressing trades we can make. If he gets back and plays 5-8, we saw what his combination was with Turbo two weeks ago. And Sam Walker, it keeps popping up. And I'm going to say this. I think Sam Walker will be the defining player in Supercoach in 2021. There you go. I think the players that hold him, this, he's got that massive ceiling, but he's also got those those such mm. low scores. So if you hold him and play him, um, it could mean the difference between between jumping up the rankings or your season falling apart. I think it's a yeah. massive... Particularly in the sense that, look, we know he's got low scores in him, but you don't have to play him, do we? We know yeah. we know between rounds 14 and 17, he plays the Panthers and the Storm. But you can sit him those weeks. Round 17, he plays the Dogs. So if he comes out and 180's there and he's owned by 10% or something, you're right, it could be pretty pivotal. So, yeah, tough one. Um, I mean, to answer your question, mate, from my perspective, I'd probably sell Munster... I mean, you've held him this long, so you, you could potentially keep it. Yeah, I'd sell Munster. Schuster, I had planned on selling the whole time, but now I think there's just more pressing trades that can go, and I'm happy to keep him as around 17 number. Uh, and then Sammy Walker, uh, I sold him last week. I think he can go, but as per that conversation, I think it's absolutely fine to hold him if you want as well. Uh, one from Dan O'Connell. Mooney asks, better points option between now and round 17 between Asako and Noffa based on schedule. Not worried about break-even at this point, just need the points. Um, I think the Tigers have got a pretty tough run. If you're looking at oh, ceilings, there's not much difference between the two. Asako does kick goals, and um, oh, I think Brisbane have shown a little bit more in the last mm. couple of weeks. They did get touched up by Melbourne last week, but obviously knocked off the chooks and a few players' backs, like uh, I think Gamble and, and Kelly may be the long-term halves. I'd probably lean towards more Asako if you didn't already have Nofaluma. Yeah. I put it this way. I'm much for Noffa as a buy because I'd want him for the rest of the season, not Asako. I'd go Noffa. To answer your question, who scores more between now and 14 and 17 or now and 17, uh, with the Broncos draw against the Dragons, Raiders, Bunnies, Sharks, compared to the Tigers draw, I think uh, Asako scores more points. So on that one, Asako. Uh, and then Luke Armour asks at the end, Teddy to Gutho for the buy period. We've answered that one and... Mooney's on board. The Spy's on board that one. I'm not as on board as they are. Uh, again, talking about defining moves, getting this fullback uh, conundrum right week in, week out with how big the swings are, it's, it's going to be very defining as well. So tough one. What to do? I don't know. Uh, Mooney, thanks for coming on, mate. You've been big. Thanks again for that, Timmy. I've enjoyed the podcast. I've had a number of, uh, I won't say fans, more so public, come up and ask me when I've been back. So Mum, Dad. I can let Mum and Dad brothers. know on that. Um, 
podcast number two for me. <laughs> I must be proud. Ben Strong, mate. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in and good luck to the brutal round 13. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.